A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you, dromedaries from Midian and Ephah. All from Sheba shall come, bearing gold and frankincense, and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirits, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, may our Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. All assembled, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, and you Bethlehem land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. 
And how are you? Today we celebrate the Feast of Epiphany. Now, Christmas officially for the church ends tomorrow with evening prayer of the baptism of the Lord. And so, but today we focus on the epiphany of God to the three kings or the three wise men. And this whole Feast of Epiphany is about, as I talked about in the beginning of Mass, generosity, generosity, generosity. And this generosity doesn't begin with us. It begins with God. How generous God is with us by creating us who none of us needed to exist. If you ever want a moment to humble, be humble, just realize you did not have to be created by God. You and I exist because of a God who loved us and wanted us into existence. And then this generous God, when we sinned and spit in his face, if you will, he comes and loves us more, and then he becomes one of us. And then he's born for us, as we know, born to save us from our sins. And then he lives for us, he heals us, he forgives us. You know, your sins are forgiven, stand up and walk, go and see. Kept giving, 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 giving. Goes to the cross, generosity, gives his full life to save us. And then this God doesn't stop there. He feeds us every day. He gives up his life for us in the Eucharist. Huh? My favorite image of the Eucharist in the parish, of course, is the pelican above our tabernacle. And there the pelican, when it has nothing else to eat, pulls out its own flesh, feeds her children, and dies. This is the generosity of God. And then he's generous with us so that we can learn, first of all, to be generous with him. So again, here, the, it wasn't the Jews, it wasn't the religious people. And see, sometimes religious people are only focused on themselves and their religion and their holiness. They scare me. Because it's all about them. It's a pharisaicalism. They think they're holy, they think I'm good. But again, there is no true disciple of Jesus without generosity. You can do all this time in prayer, spend all these times in novenas and everything else. But if your life and my life is only about me and my religion and my spirituality, it's not of God. Period. It's all about me. And that's never what it's about. So here the religious people are all concerned about themselves. Not one of them went to the manger to be with Jesus. The Jews who did were the outcasts, the shepherds. And then, of course, what happens beyond them? The magi, the Gentiles, the people who aren't Jews, left their homes, traveled for months and then came and gave a baby who couldn't do anything for them gifts, generosity towards God. So then we got to focus, am I a generous person, first of all, with God? Am I generous in my time that I give him? Do I give him the least amount of my time or the most amount of my time? Again, as I've used the analogy before, do I spend more time watching television than I do in prayer? Do I love the television more than I love God? Do I spend time with my phones more than I spend time with God? 
And again, sit there and say, Father, I work. I got to do these things. Okay, I got it. But do you begin your day with God? Are you generous with that? Am I generous with that? Am I generous in my prayer time? Am I God-focused in my prayer time? Do I focus on praying for others in my prayer time, or is it all about me? Give me strength, give me courage, help me do what I need to do. Instead of help them, help them, help them, help them, help them. Again, when a priest called me once and he's yelling at me, newly ordained priest, because he thought I was getting soft as I get older. Do you think I'm getting soft? Anyway, so he's yelling about, I'm getting, you're getting soft as you get older, Father. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, Father, would you be willing to go to hell so someone else could go to heaven? And he said, absolutely not. I go, oh, St. Paul said he would. Would we be willing for others to be saved more than us? Now, again, if you'd be willing to go to hell for someone else to go to heaven, do you think you'd go to hell? No, because you'd be generous like God. God left heaven and went on the cross and died. He died. He died. He died. So you and I could live forever. What a generous God. And he's generous with us so we can be generous with him and others. So am I generous? Do I spend time in adoration? Do I spend time in prayer? Am I generous with God? Do I take care of the poor? Am I generous with God? Do I sit there and say, well, if I have anything left, then I'll take care of others. That's not generosity. That has nothing to do with generosity. Generosity takes care of others whether I can afford it or whether I cannot afford it. It's not like if I have something left over, I'll look at me, how good. I'll give you a dollar, please. And so we got to be back generous with God, but then we got to be generous with others. huh? Like this past Christmas, I was surprised how people were not generous with their own families, wouldn't get their parents anything for Christmas. Really? Nothing for your mother or your father? Nothing for your spouse? Are you one of those type people who, I don't care, I just want to get stuff? Or No, like I, there was a priest that used to live with me, and he won't be named. And when he got here, he sat there and says, Now, Larry, don't you ever get me a birthday or Christmas gift, because I'm not going to get you anything. Now, do you think I still gave them a Christmas and a birthday gift? Just to make them mad. But the reality is, because you got to be generous. There's nothing worse than a priest that's not generous. Please. You know, I don't want to be bothered. Another priest sat there and says, I hate getting gifts because then I have to say thank you. <sighs> really? Are we people like this? Do you, for Christmas, do you make sure you buy other people gifts, even if you get nothing from them? Because generosity is about taking care of others whether they do anything for you or not. That's what the Magi did. Christ's child couldn't do anything for him. They didn't want anything back. They were just generous. Are we generous with our spouses, especially at Christmas? They don't need anything. So you'd let them go through Christmas Day without opening anything? Do you know how that hurts people? How it hurts them deep in their heart? That nobody cares? My own family don't care enough for me? That they would sit there and go out of their way to give me something to open on Christmas Day? We do the gift giving because of the Magi. And so I got to make sure that I am generous and I take care of others. And again, am I that type person? If not, you need to repent. 
You need to sit there and say, I'm stunned of being a selfish person. Why? Because selfish people don't go to heaven. That's the truth. You ever heard about the, I've used the analogy again before, but the people that are in heaven, it's the same room. And the people in heaven, there's a big banquet and everybody's having a fine time eating, enjoying one another. And the people in hell are starving to death. But the same food is there. The same banquet is there. The difference of both places is, is that each place, they can't feed themselves. They have on their hands long forks long knives, and if they try to feed themselves, they can't do it. But in heaven, they take them and they feed each other. And then they're always celebrating and rejoicing. In hell, they're always trying to feed themselves, and they suffer forever. So what kind of people are we? Are we generous people? We're always trying to feed ourselves. I have to put myself first. And if there's anything left, then I'll take care of others. But me first. That is nothing to do with generosity. And it has nothing to do with Christianity. And so on this Feast of Epiphany, we hear it's about generosity, generosity, generosity. God begins it by always being generous with us to teach us. We respond by being generous with him and we prove our love for him by being generous with one another. Let us sit there and say every day for the rest of my life, I'll do at least one unselfish act for somebody else. I'll be generous for somebody else. For God's sake, because that's the way he is with me. You got it? You get it? Want me to shut up? Yes, Father. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen. Let us.